This is the Poetry in Motion podcast on the Blood Red channel with Neil Fitzmorris, bringing you all the big news and even bigger views on Liverpool FC. Hello, welcome to another episode of Poetry in Motion. Uh, with me, Neil Fitzmorris, talking all things Liverpool Football Club. Uh, before we start anything, thanks once again for your con- continuing support and downloading these podcasts, all the podcasts across the umbrella of Blood Red. Uh, Ali LaRouge as well, of course, always a brilliant listen with the lads. Um, and all of the other podcasts that the lads do, they're super, well worth to listen if you, listen if you are a Liverpool fan. Particularly nowadays, I would imagine, because we've all done um, podcast after podcast talking about the splendour and the unbelievable Liverpool Football Club. Um, of course, they are still the best club in the world for us, but we are going through a rough patch. There is no doubt about that. Let's not deny it. Last night saw a humbling, is probably the, the right word, um, away to Napoli in the very first game of the group stages of the Champions League. But there are more things at play than that, and we're going to discuss them today with uh, Richie Garnett and Tom Cavilla. Hello, boys. How are you? Hi, Neil. Uh, fair to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Sorry, Tom. Not the best, but uh sure we'll get into it on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Lots to get into, really, because uh, let's let, let's get cracking at it. As I say, um, you know, we are six Premier League games in, two wins, three draws and a defeat. Um, we looked at them first games before before the season started, licked our lips a little bit, didn't we, boys, Richard? We licked our lips. We thought nothing really there to harm Liverpool. What we didn't know at the time was that the one team on the list there that was there to harm Liverpool was Liverpool. Um, very much um, not even started the league yet after Richard. And where do you begin? We'll talk with last night because let's talk about the whole the whole thing everyone's talking about, what is going wrong at Liverpool? That simple question. Let's first of all attack or address the issue of Sadio Mane and the difference that he um, brought to Liverpool's side that, that, of course, we knew he'd be different. But it's been a really tough uh, transitional period trying to play uh, a different style and, and trying to play without the just the sheer enthusiasm of that player, Richard. Well, I think Sadio Mane's played as like a fiddle, hasn't he? He obviously knew something that we didn't because uh, his, his exit from Anfield, on the face of it at this point, appears to be perfectly timed. He's got a fresh start in, in uh, Bayern Munich, seems to be loving it there, whilst we're left behind like the the jilted spouse trying to pick up the pieces. Um, it's, it's, it's tricky, isn't it? I, I think I wrote a piece... Uh, at the start of the week, saying, you know, Napoli, not the ideal uh, team for Liverpool to be playing first in the Champions League, given their current problems. But uh, if it could do an Italian job, um, it, it, it could be the kickstart that Liverpool needed, the break from the Premier League and, and, and you know, the kickstart Liverpool needs to get their season up and running. But uh, the exact reverse has happened, doesn't it? We've had a job done on us. Uh, and a lot of it appears to be of our own making, and that that really is, for me, the kind of the, the key issue. I think because I wouldn't take anything away from Napoli. You know, intimidating stadium, uh, a hard, committed team with no no real big names in it. Just a really well oiled, uh, determined group of players who, who've who've done a job on us. But I, I looked at that game, and Liverpool still had chances. They still. Uh, had periods of the game where where they 
they controlled the ball and, and, and basically failed to make the most of opportunities. I actually thought Napoli looked a little bit vulnerable at the back and yet here we are on the end of a, a 4-1 hiding, which could have been 4-0, maybe even 5-0 at half-time. And, 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 and the, we, we need, there's no need to point uh, any fingers uh, anywhere else uh, uh, but but at ourselves it, it's uh, it it's it's a bit it's baffling in the sense that we're talking about um, top class players here who've done it and I know we've got injuries at the moment but that um, that doesn't really um, excuse what on the face of it looks like a lack of effort but might but is but is without a doubt a lack of energy. Um, and, and that the the risks that we take at the back have been exposed by the lack of energy and and closing down that seems to be happening in in the middle of the park and, and maybe even a little bit higher up. So uh, a lot to unpick, but I think the first and foremost, it, you just when any team gets in a situation like this, when when things aren't going well, you simply just have to go back to basics, don't you? You need to start doing the fundamental things well. Uh, work hard for each other, put the effort in, be fearless, and 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 then build on that on that uh, base. Uh, I think two two clean sheets, in, and I think it's in the last three w- 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 seemed like a good start. We needed clean sheets, all right, against Everton and Bournemouth, probably probably the two worst teams that Liverpool have played out of everyone they've played so far. But you're thinking, oh, if we can get a third, yeah, clean sheet in Napoli. Um, you know, that's definitely something good to build on now defensively. Instead, we've shipped four goals. Yeah, remarkable. It's 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 um, it's inconceivable that this Liverpool, Liverpool side is, is shipping the goals the way they are and, and getting results the way they are. It, it is remarkable, isn't it? But uh, Richie just put his finger on it there, I think. Uh, not so much um, lack of um, care, but lack of, lack of effort. You know, you're going to we have got a, we've got a depleted midfielder, and it was interesting the second half that the only time it looked like we were starting to pick up a game was when Thiago came on and started running around. But where was where has the famous press been, Tom? That we haven't from the first, and this can't be a confidence thing because we came to the start of this league off the back of beating. We won a trophy. We won City. You know, we beat City. We won the trophy. Uh, we played better than them. We were sharper than them. Salah looked on fire. We looked really sharp. So there was no reason to head to the Fulham game feeling anything other than 100% confidence. From the first whistle against Fulham when they started pressing us, we started crumbling. And every team is now running towards us. And we are now becoming the easiest team to press rather than the, the team that instigated the modern day press. And it's, um, it's all going wrong in every direction, Tom, isn't it? Yeah, I think at the moment it's um, it's sort of a case of, you know, after each game, you're hearing Liverpool fans saying, oh, next match, you know, things will get back to normal. We're going to see the pressing again. And then you're sort of in the same position again after each game at the minute. And it's just a very strange situation, like you said. Um, a lot of people today sort of pointing to the fact that um, Pep Linder's intensity book that came out over the summer and since that release, it's been anything but that from Liverpool. Um, obviously, that that quote from Linders that sort of was going around a few years ago: "Intensity is our identity." Um, it's not at the moment for Liverpool, and it's like you said, it's quite difficult to work out why that is. Because you obviously haven't read it. Yeah, the players that are out there at the minute. They just, I don't know. It's like they look a shadow of themselves. Um, 
obviously lost Wijnaldum. You know, he was quite a key player in that sort of pressing um, three midfield. Henderson's obviously injured. Thiago's been injured quite a lot. But they've still got enough quality in the midfield to be doing that job and carrying out that role they've done so well over the last few years. Um, the defender... <laughs> It's hard to sort of work out where it's all going wrong, but the midfield is obviously an issue, but the defence yesterday was just it's almost non-existent at times and it was so easy for Napoli sort of just playing around Gomez and Alexander-Arnold. I think that was more more of a worry for me than the midfield yesterday. Um, there just seems to be no effort when they're out on the pitch and no sort of urgency. And I know people have spoken about Trent a lot when, when he's sort of tracking back, kind of just stops and you know kind of accepts the fate almost that the other team is going to score um gomez was out muscled too easily on quite, quite a few occasions and yeah the, in midfield is quite interesting because there was times when napoli were giving the ball away at the back and then into sort of that midfield area where we were sort of pouncing on the ball a few times winning it back but they were just blocking everything everything that was liverpool trying to do was just being shut down a lot of corners last night. Um, Liverpool won. I think I can't remember the exact number. But it was a lot. And uh, again, Napoli were just clearing every ball out. And then, but in that midfield area, though, there just wasn't that usual drive that we're used to seeing. Um, like I said, when that area where Liverpool were winning it back, nothing was just coming of it each time. So frustrating, frustrating game to watch. And I'm not sure how Klopp really where he goes from here in terms of fixing it because. There's no sort of obvious solution to it staring you in the face at the minute. Well, I mean, his Klopp's own words were really... I felt really sorry for Klopp last night because he sort of looked like a rabbit in the headlights, didn't he? He was a little bit... And I'd, I'd sell every single one of them players to keep him, so as far as I'm concerned. Um, but he talked about... He mentioned the word reinvent. He asked, might have to reinvent. And that's the kind of thing that comes from a manager who's watching a team that just not are not putting down on the pitch what he's telling them to do in training, clearly. We have three players, in my opinion, that since the season started um, have given an intensity that we expect every single other player on the pitch to have, and none of them has. And that is, um, for me, it's Diaz, Elliot and uh, Alisson, who has shipped goals but could have shipped a lot more. Um, uh, the rest are, and it's one of the symptoms of why Liverpool are at the moment, is because too many of the big, big players are not anywhere near the standard that they're expected to be. Richard, do you think, we go back to squad depth now, Trent Alexander-Arnold is a, is, a, is one of the best football players in the world. We know that. One of the best right-backs in the world. We know that. What we're watching at the moment with Trent is a player who doesn't seem to care. He doesn't seem to be, he doesn't, he's not playing with any kind of enthusiasm. He's not, he's he's not accurate with any of his, a lot of his passes. He's giving balls away. He's getting one 2 passed and then just jogging back um, he looks like a player who first and foremost knows he has no one behind him, no one to 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 bench him for. I know Calvin Ramsey is injured and on the way back from injury, but you know Nico Williams was the only backup he had uh, in that position. So whether or not it's because he feels well, it, it, subconsciously this is me and this is what I do, and I mean he's wandering into the centre of midfield now and. I don't know whether he's had a word with Klopp and said, I, I'm done with right back. I want to move forward. I don't know what the situation is with him, but he is the hole in the Liverpool bucket, the biggest hole in the Liverpool bucket by ter in terms of how many goals have gone, just gone past him as he's lumbered his way back into the box. Um, and we're not seeing anything near 
the trends that we need. Uh, uh, but we can't bench him because we don't have a squad big enough. We don't have players bought in the right positions uh, that are ready now, match ready to go on. And I think you can go through a few of the players on the pitch. Van Dijk, who'd have thought you'd ever say it, but sometimes Van Dijk's not playing anywhere near his levels. Um, and I know, again, we are injury hits, Richard, but um, Salah is another one who... who, who you know, signed a big contract. We all thought it was going to be fantastic. Looked really sharp pre-season. Looked sharp against City. Can't seem to beat a man at the moment. Um, and these are plays really, uh, it's almost when you've got a bit of an infection, you take that infection out until it's cured and then you you can pop it back in, that blood or whatever you call it, whatever you, the analogy you want to use. But at the moment, we have too many infected players who are, who are just hitting the ground every day and, and not putting it on the pitch. Yeah, you're going to need a uh, a black market supply of antibiotics, I think, to uh, try and cure this infection because it seems to have spread pretty rapidly, doesn't it? If um, if Andy Robertson's not up to the mark, then he'll lose his place to Costa Simicas, and we've already seen that, haven't we? Um, maybe not permanently, but certainly enough for for uh, the manager to uh, try and instill his faith in 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 an alternative. Um, as you say, Trent doesn't have that. Um, he doesn't have that threat, does he? Is is he is virtually bombproof because even if you thought, okay, we've got Calvin Ramsey, he's been injured, he's uh, and, and hasn't kicked the ball yet, so we literally, literally have apart from you know his impressive uh, performances that we might have seen on videos for Aberdeen, we've literally got no idea what what he would be like in the Premier League or if he's even ready. Um, and you know your other your other options at right back are Gomez, who, who's if he was thinking about um, getting himself a run at right back, appears to have undone all that with a pretty uh, pretty bizarre performance last night. And, and, and James Milner, who's who's thirty six and is playing every week because the manager uh, just feels like independent him, even though he, it's, it's pretty obvious that his best days are behind him. So so that 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 makes Trent virtually bombproof. And that's not really good, is it? But the, I mean, the, the one, the one flip side to that is is what you said right at the start, Fitzy, was that he is one of the best players in the world. So, so why, whatever, whatever it is that that's stopping him from reaching performance levels at the moment, um, it is it, surely psychological. As far as I'm aware, he's not carrying a knock. So uh, there's, there's obviously something else going on. Whether there's, I don't know, whether there's any. Other factors at play here, I don't know, but I mean, you've seen sort of the other end of the pitch. He's, he, even in that performance last night, he still put a couple of absolute killer balls into the box. Uh, really, seen stuff that other players might not see, and 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 we didn't really capitalise on that. And I suppose there's probably been times in his Liverpool career that his defensive uh, shortcomings have been quickly forgotten when he's done something exceptional at the other end of the pitch. It's just human nature, isn't it? Um, but. Yeah, there's. Uh, I don't know whether whether um, Klopp needs to have a bit of a heart to heart with him to try and work out what what what's going on because you know if you if you, if you look back at some of those goals last night, it's it, well, it's it's just not defensively, it's just not good enough. He's not on his own. Don't be wrong. I wouldn't wouldn't just signal signal him out, but he he's set his own high standards now, and and if you before fall before them, you're no longer what Trent Alexander Arnold is capable of, are you? So um, yeah, the, there's there's questions. To ask there, I remember when um, Spain Spain won the World Cup in the Euros, didn't they? And they had a, like an invincible team. And I think they 
the next the next uh, tournament they turned up to, they got knocked out quite easily. I remember Xavi Alonso saying, we, we, we've forgotten how to win. Almost as if to say, this team's won so much, it, it's lost its... It's lost its intensity, it's in that, it, it's desire, it, 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 it's won it. And, and familiarity breeds contempt, doesn't it? I've said, I've said this before, it's an old saying, isn't it? But it, it's still one that, um, uh, that uh, rings true. And, and, and another, another one I, I always refer back to as complacency is devastating. And these things do happen if you get to the top of the tree. And don't be wrong, I know Liverpool haven't conquered all before them. They haven't won back-to-back league titles. They, they, they have to accept they were still uh, just just about second fiddle to Manchester City, but they have been successful and won and won major trophies and won a Premier League uh, and been at been at that top end. And and you just wonder is is the, is the cycle upon us? Is, is do we is this a major re-engineering we need now, or is it just the fact that we've got a little bit of complacence? We've got injuries. And we've expected to be able to turn up and win. I don't know the answer. Poetry in motion on the Blood Red Channel. Yeah, it's an interesting one, Tom. I mean, you talk about attitude and talk about. I mean, you know, <clears throat> Trent has in the past dipped in form. We know that every player does. I think the problem is that this time round, is his dip in form isn't necessary to do with his attacking prowess. It's to do with just basic the basic fundamental fundamentals of defending, and his dips in form. I've never normally been in the defending parts in that sense. He's always been flying forwards, and then you know his passing, his distribution won't be as good. But he'll always be as tidy as he can be. We're watching a Trent at the moment who is just jogging back. He's just not. He he's playing like a, it's like a training session. He doesn't really mind if he gets beat with a one-two. Um, because the whistle's going to blow, but they're going on and scoring, and, and it's happening time and time and time again. Does this now, if we're looking deeper into it, you know, we, when we won the league from when when City won the league, and then uh, by that one point, they they made a grave error, didn't they? And then they got rid of Richard uh, Vincent Company without making any kind of uh, covering option. Liverpool seized on that. We won the league the next year. They bought Luis Diaz. They tightened up the midfield, the defence. They got Rodri in midfield as well. They tightened it and they started advancing on and on and on. Uh, we don't have the budgets or the spending uh, policies that Man-, Man City have. But a Liverpool, if you look at the ripple effect here, a Liverpool paying the price for selling players to have to buy, not strengthening positions. Um, because, you know, it, there's every reason to believe that Arthur Bello could be another Ozan Kabak. And um you know, that season took um, a, a, an unbelievable million-to-one header from a goalkeeper to get us in fourth place. So, everyone was screaming for the midfielder. They've ended up with Arthur Bello, who wasn't fit when he came. He got 15 minutes last night, 20 minutes maybe last night. We have no idea what he's like. But why bother getting a play like that if it isn't to sort of pacify uh, fans who are wanting to sign? And it's, does this all stem back, Tom, to just lack bad lack of, of planning for the next phase? Um, it's hard to say because I think when Liverpool won the league in uh, 2019-20, I think that transfer window, they only signed um, Harvey Elliott, I think, and uh, a couple of other players, but the spending was less than £10 million and they still managed to you know, nearly reach 100 points winning the league in the process. So I think continuity is quite important in football in terms of keeping together group of players and not mixing up too much each season because 
you've seen with teams like Chelsea this summer who've spent you know over 200 million just you know sort of scattergun approach just trying to find anyone they can bring in almost to a point and look at how they're playing so it, it doesn't always that's not always the option and the answer to do that sort of approach of just spending big and you know hoping for the best that all the players will fit in because that that's not always the best way to go with it so I think Liverpool's model has been it's obviously worked for them in recent years so I don't think um, it can be questioned in that respect but I do agree to the point that fans have made that you know it potentially has caught up on them the lack of signings because they have repeated that approach over a number of years now and I suppose it gets to a point where you know you do have to significantly invest in the team and I think it was sort of pointing towards next summer that being the time to do it with a few players particularly in midfield out of contract um Cater Oxley Chamberlain out of contract James Milner out of contract so next summer was sort of seen as the the big rebuild particularly in the middle of the pitch so maybe Liverpool have left it you know one year too late maybe it could have happened this summer but I do think next summer there will be you know like I said just from that there will be very big changes next year and uh, where they will have to spend a lot of money obviously Jude Bellingham has been linked as one of the players and he, he's definitely not going to be cheap so uh, yeah Liverpool probably could have done with more signings this summer um, obviously Diaz was seen as you know like an early replacement for Mane but Liverpool haven't really replaced those sort of options from the bench Barigi, Minamino you know those players that maybe you know go under the radar uh, they change the game at times for Liverpool they're probably lacking that a little bit of that as well so yeah I think if you compare it with Man City they've obviously got a lot more options they've got people like Calvin Phillips who would be starting every week for Leeds but would be happy to sort of play second field at Man City and it but it's a quality option to bring on Jack Grealish who is 100 million pounds he's not even playing each week so you know, Liverpool don't really follow that approach of having people, you know, coming with big money just to sit around and, you know, play every now and again. Um, so I don't think fans could have expected that. You know, people would know that that's not the way Liverpool go about it. So I don't think it would be a massive surprise in that sense. But, you know, maybe Liverpool could have done with bringing a few more bodies in because we saw in 2021 the impact that can have when you don't, have enough people you left short at times Liverpool obviously let Dejan Lovren go and and then they had a number of injuries not only in defence but the rest of the team and then there just wasn't the options uh, available to you know replace those players yeah I mean when I mentioned about obviously about buying players and I, I, I wasn't talking about splurging 200 million quid I wasn't talking about the Chelsea or the Man United fear, fear of chucking money and stuff I was just talking about filling, filling the squad that's what I was, I was talking about I mean, you've just mentioned Calvin Phillips. I, I, I don't know. I can't remember how much Sissy paid for Calvin Phillips. But, you know, um, Everton paid, I think Onana was four million, you know. Idris Gay was eight million. Um, there are, there, I'm sure close season, we, we looked at Basuma as well. Close season, I think Liverpool were looking at positions to fill that weren't 40, 50, 60 million pounds each. We know we're not going to spend that. We, we will pledge that on, the, on individual players, as we've seen in the past, if they're good enough. Well, if they're presumed to be good enough. It was just about filling those places so we didn't find ourselves in a position where we have players sort of trundling up and down the pitch knowing that there's no one there to sort of take their place because there is um, 
there is a definite um, feeling of of, um, of of lethargy in the legs of most of the players, isn't there, Richard? And 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 um, I mean, how does he go about trying to fix this? How do, how that's a million dollar question, isn't it? How does he go about um, trying to put some inspiration into a side that look he's he, he's he's done all the talks, he does all the talks every training session, and yet that team, even off the back of a nine nil absolute slaughter of Bournemouth. They turn the poor performance again after that. So it's it, it's not even that he can build them up with confidence. They're in a really, really tenuous situation at the moment, mate, aren't they? Yeah, it's not great, is it? And I suppose when you've got used to a team being um, very successful, you, you can subconsciously drop into a little period of denial, can't you, when things aren't going well. Um, oh, you know that was a bad performance, but we'll get it right in the next one, and then it, and then it doesn't happen, does it? In the Blood Red podcast the other day, everyone predicted nil nil for last night's result. Uh, when, if I'm totally honest with myself, uh, my gut feeling said that there's probably a good chance we could get beat here. But I guess you just don't really want to admit that publicly, do you? Especially not when you've got people listening who want to hear good news, not bad news, don't they? So. Um, but you know the the truth was, you know, if, if just because we're playing in a different competition, yeah, yeah, it's a fresh opportunity to do something different, a clean slate. But um, they they were the, probably the worst team we could have played, just because of because of how, how much you knew they were going to be up for it in their in their own very hostile ground. Uh, and then if you look at the fixtures that we've got coming up, I think we've got Wolves at home, which on paper you would expect to win. Um, there's Brighton at home who we know are a very good team they're, they're about to lose the manager which might destabilise them um, at, at just when they least needed it and then you've got you know you've got I think you've got away games City and Chelsea we've got tough fixtures coming up uh, and, and the Wolves one all of a sudden looks just as hard as any purely on the basis that you know it's going to be nervy you know um, if something doesn't happen early doors the crowd's going to get uh, agitated you're at home, expectations are high. We're not meeting expectations at the moment. Um, and and I guess really it's hard to do this on mass, especially if you're still in that denial period of the fact that 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 it doesn't look like things are gonna get better quickly. But expectations for the season, even at this early stage, do need to be revised. I mean, we could still win a, a major trophy. Um, I'd be very surprised if it was the Premier League, but um I, I think we've just got to slightly real, real, realign expectations and, and realise that the first thing that Liverpool need to do before they go any further is just to start playing well. Uh, and if you play well, even if you're not getting results, if you're playing well, you know that results will come eventually because you're doing the right thing as well. Well, we've won a couple of games with just not, perhaps with the exception of Bournemouth, who were basically just useless. Um, we haven't really done much well all season, d- despite that... Uh, that um, impressive performance in the Charity Shield. Just what Tom was talking, I was just looking at um, a quick look at some of the players who, who you know, who are first team, first team regulars and, and how long they've been there. So, Roberto Firmino's in his eighth season, Mo Salah's in his sixth, Jordan Henderson's in his twelfth, James Milner in his eighth, Andy Robertson in his sixth, Virgil van Dijk in his sixth, Joel Matip in his seventh. Um, they've been around a long time, these players, haven't they? And, and 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 we love them all. We love every single one of those players. Man City, though, just keep they just keep turning the wheel, don't they? They they whether it's just because of the greater resources, 
I don't want to really use Chelsea as the example because of what Tom's just pointed out. Now they're not doing too well at the moment and they do have a habit of sacking managers, don't they, left, right and centre. But but the, the bottom line is that they never they never really sit still. They, you know, they've got rid of Sterling uh, and a few others this season. And 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 we, we would just never do that, would we, under the under this current system? Sadio Mane's gone, but let's not let's be honest, it's not like we forced him out the door. He's basically engineered his own move and we've we've kind of accepted it and and on the face, if you looked on the face of it, you'd say, "Okay, well, we do. We need to evolve as a team." So I suppose he would leave at some point. But um, uh, whether he was the wrong one to leave or not, I don't know. But um, he, he certainly hasn't looked back, has he? It's it, it's it's tricky. And just on your point as well about um, the three players, you said you, you can only think of three players. Uh, Fifty foot has really done well so far this season. I was trying to work out. I was trying to preempt. Who you might uh, you might choose, and Diaz was the was the obvious one, and, and I agreed on Allison, and then he said Harvey Elliott, and I, I, I think Harvey Elliott has uh, um, done really well so far this season, but he is being thrown in the deep end with no armbands on, hasn't he? And um, we're expecting more from him than we should be. And I think he has played well, but I don't think he's affecting the game in the right areas of the pitch. No, absolutely not. He, he did it once against, um, was it Newcastle? He played a lovely ball in the channel for Salah. And then Salah set, uh, I think it was for Firmino, for the goal. Now, that, that was superb. But he, he's, he's not his effort is not being rewarded uh, by, by where he's doing it in the pitch and how he's affecting the game. And as, as, a, as a result of that, he, he's... Is 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 used to the side has become nullified. Now he's nineteen. You know what I mean. It's it's we're, we're asking too much of, of this young lad, and, and probably the same of Cavalli because you could say, oh, this midfield's no good. Let's get these young lads in and and and, and give them a chance. But we'll we'll sink if we do that because we need to get our own house in order first and be robust and be hard working and build from that base. Because if you ship goals, you won't win anything. No, absolutely right. All right, listen, let's flip this. Let's flip this egg, sunny side up, and let's talk. You're right, because the thing is about these podcasts is you will, I will inevitably get people coming on to me saying, Jesus Christ, that was depressing. Um, but equally, we start these podcasts going, hey, it's all fine. I'm getting a little bit sick of people going, it's all fine, mate. Well, because it isn't. And we don't, you don't cure the problem until you admit there is one, and we're admitting that there's a problem. Now, let's look at the possible cure. Let's look at some positivity because last night when Thiago come on <clears throat> in 28 minutes of football, he made six tackles and that was more than the entire midfield and fullbacks combined. Now he came on and we suddenly had an attack and threat. We suddenly had quick transitions. We suddenly had moves, balls being moved forward as because Fab has been again, one of the players who's looked sub fit for me, but he's had a lot on his shoulders. And we've gone, we've evolved into that team that when Fab gets the ball, he's knocking it backwards, not turning and want to run forwards, which is what his, his main thing always was. So, Tom, here's a little example for you. We play Wolves at the weekend. Our midfield is Fabinho, Thiago, and either Arthur, we give him a chance. We may play 4 4 2 if he's talking about reinventing. Put Arthur on and also um, Elliot. Or we look at Diaz on the other side and we play a 4 4 2. Or we have a, the three up front, um, but I would suggest that Salah takes a rest because, uh, you know, as amazing as he is, he's at that situation at the moment where he just can't beat the first man. Um, 
and there is a threat for him. Unfortunately, he doesn't he doesn't sit in the uh, the the uh, the leather armchair that Trent does because yeah. we have of course um, we have Jota who can come on and make that three with Diaz and Nunez. Um, but let's just go positive and think that Thiago's going to get back. If we can keep him fit, if we can keep him active, we suddenly have a more stabilised midfield. And a stabilised midfield um, will obviously uh, uh, make an, uh, a, a positive impression on, on, on the attack because we'll be transitioning faster. And it will obviously make a, a big impact on the defence because there will be less coming at them because hopefully we'll be getting shielded by the midfield. Everything's sorted. How's that time? No, I think um, with Thiago as well, it's quite interesting in terms of um, you know the impact he's been having, but also um, you mentioned about the tackles he won against Napoli. I think during his first season at Liverpool, um, you know he got a lot of stick, a lot of criticism from people about not suiting you know Liverpool style of play. And I think one of the main problems people had with him was actually his tackling because. He was sort of flying into challenges and, and you know, wasn't winning the ball a lot of the time. Picked up quite a few yellow cards from just, you know, mistimed tackles. And, but that seems to be sort of an area he's, you know, he's really improved in for Liverpool since being at the club. Um, you know, that just winning it back fairly and, and cleanly getting the ball. And you saw it last night against Napoli, you know, that difference he made. So I think when he got injured against Fulham, it was, you know, when you saw him going off, being uh, forced off for injury, it was... You know, an absolute nightmare because he's the one player that is just offers something different to all of the other midfielders in that sort of elegance in his play and you know being able to pick out a pass that cuts through defence. I don't think many of the other midfielders have that ability quite like he does. Uh, Jordan Henderson, you know, he can play a pass like similar to Thiago, but he's out. Binho, obviously, that's not necessarily his role in the team. And Harvey Elliott, like you said, he, he does have the ability to play a good ball, but you can't be relying on him to be sort of making all those important um, decisions in the game. So, yeah, obviously Thiago's going to be really important for Liverpool. And I think, especially against Wolves, I think it's going to be a really difficult game for Liverpool because they're such a hard team to break down. We've seen it quite often. They don't concede many goals, but they also don't score many. So... They're probably just going to be sitting back, you would imagine, for a lot of the game. So having someone like Thiago is going to be quite important for Liverpool, trying to unlock the defence of Wolves. Um, Wolves aren't exactly in a great great form themselves at the minute. Um, so, you know, they probably won't be in you know, the best confidence, the best mood coming into this one. Um, they're struggling quite a lot in the final third, but I think they could have... It looks like they might be signing Diego Costa whether or not he can have his permit cleared in time for the game, but that would be quite interesting to see him playing against Liverpool again, obviously, because of his history against the team. But no, I expect a difficult game, to be honest, against Wolves, and I wouldn't have thought there'd be more than one goal in it, really. So you're going to need a moment of quality from someone, and Thiago is someone who can do that for Liverpool. Poetry in motion on the Blood Red Channel. I mean, we're not being flippant, Rich. Uh, uh, look, uh, this is this is the, they turn on the sixpence, don't they? Football matches, confidence turns on the sixpence. We can, you can again. Both times we thought we'd go on the pitch with confidence, it seems to be knocked out of us. But I do genuinely believe that the heart of Liverpool's problem has been that midfield, the 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 lack of 
any stability. If you're strong in midfield, you're dictating which way, which where the ball goes, backwards and forwards. And we haven't had it. We haven't had it for various reasons. We've had that the spectacular injuries again, like we did with centre backs. I mean, let's face it, we wouldn't have bought Arthur if Arthur if um, Hendo hadn't pulled a hammy. So that wouldn't have even been a signing. So let's get positive about the about the Wolves situation, uh, about the games going on, and let's just decide. Well, I'm going to decide anyway. I think Thiago being back in that side alongside Fabinho and a other, um, whether it be, um, I don't really. I mean, look, as much as James Milner, I love him. But let's face it, he, ex- he, he signed an extended contract, and which we were all made up when he deserves it. But you were thinking 85 minutes for, for about 10 games a season, when you bring him on, show things up. I mean, he's not supposed to be starting football matches, and I think he'd be the first to admit it. Um, and, and equally with Bobby, I think, I know he can provide goals. For me, he's more of a midfielder now than he is at a nine anyway. He's always drifted off, hasn't he? But um, watching them trudge off the pitch last night, looking like they needed inhalers, Told you that, and again, it was that thing. Like we are playing with a, we are playing with a lot of players who have been here a long time, and, and I, I think that's a factor. But if we get that midfield going, Richard, the weekend against Wolves, um, try and get some crowd behind us, and 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 um, and, and a stable Thiago Fabi looked classy again, didn't he, Thiago, last night when he came on? He was doing, he was doing, he wasn't doing showboat and flicks, but he was doing those little changes of foot, feet, fleet of foot stuff few incisive passes getting into the box. It just felt like it lifted us up. Um, so let's try and get the rose-tinted glasses on and see that, that that could be a completely different Liverpool display and a confidence. We get a clean sheet and we can maybe nick one. Uh, and then and then maybe things are starting again then for us, Rich. Well, you've asked me to be positive about Liverpool's midfield, which sounds like a bit of a stretch. But, uh, you know... Give the listeners what they want, as they say, Fitzy. So we'll 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 certainly try it. Um, but you, you're dead right about Thiago. He was a class above when he came on. Everyone could see that. Um, just just he was just doing things that the other players weren't, wasn't he? Making things happen and getting control of the game. I, I keep saying I don't want to be like disrespectful to Napoli because they deserve to win. But Napoli aren't going to win the Champions League. They're not. They're not. They're not this uh, great all-conquering side, aren't we? They've. They've had a game plan. They've executed it. We've fallen right into it, and 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 they've come away with the points deservedly as a result. So, but they're no they're no great shapes. If you can get, if we could have got control of that midfield and 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 stopped stopped the ball go, going over the top, we would have been fine. So the the control in the midfield is is going to be key, and and hopefully Thiago now after. After um, I can't remember how long he played now, but um, you know, after getting some minutes under his belt in Italy, hopefully he'll be good to go for Saturday. You'd have to have him in there with, with Fabino. You still, obviously, you still. I know Fabino's not not been uh, at his best, but he, he he would a bit like the Trent effect at right back. He's uh, we've got no better than him, so he's going to be playing, um, and hopefully he can rediscover his form. Uh, and then maybe maybe um, you've got to give uh, the new lad Arthur a, a chance. Um, I, you know, how how serious was Klopp's intentions on on, on buying this player, or sorry, or, or getting this player in on loan? Has he brought him in purely to, to to make up numbers in his midfield and squad, or is he prepared to to start him in matches? Uh, we'll we'll find out on Saturday, I think, because he's he surely has got a good chance to start, and as any, I think it. it we're asking a lot of, as I say, of, of Elliot and Cavalier. We just need a bit of stability in there. 
And if he, if if Arsenal can can hold the ball, he's Brazilian, isn't he? So we build a relationship with 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 um, with Fabino and and um, obviously Thiago Spanish. But you know they all they can all should be able to communicate pretty effectively. Could be a nice little trio going on there. And, and if we can just get a grip of that situation, maybe things can turn around. Uh, quite quickly. This isn't a total disaster. It's clear that things need to be re-engineered, but um, good players don't just become bad players overnight, do they? It, it, if, if, if Liverpool had left everything on the pitch last night and they'd still been beaten 4-1, then you really should be worried, shouldn't you? Uh, or, or unless it was a freak result. But we know this isn't in isolation. There's, there's some problems in terms of energy, energy levels and control in the match. And uh, if we can fix them first, then hopefully uh, we could pick up a very welcome three points on Saturday. Yeah, I, I genuinely believe, and I'm not just saying this, but I genuinely believe that when I saw Thiago coming on last night, 28 minutes he played, so it was the 68th or something around that, isn't it? Wasn't it? Um, when I when I seen him coming on last night and then running in and just that it was just a, it was an energy it was an energy that had been lacking. Uh, in Liverpool, Elliot's shown a lot of it, as you say, uh, Richie. But unfortunately, Elliot is not the kind of player we need in those positions. He's been forced to track back and try and pick up the transition from midfield because we haven't had it. He's been forced in deep and then trying to put stuff over to Salah. Salah's been largely a bystander, hasn't he? He's very playing very wide. He gets the ball out wide. He a lot of the time can't beat the first player. That doesn't mean, though, if we start getting balls to him and he starts coming in a bit more, that's not going to change. Everything. The Liverpool are going through the moment is fixable. There's no doubt about it. I think the year we won the Champions League for the sixth time, we lost all our away matches in the group stage. I think we didn't do very well anyway. Um, so it's nothing that can't be fixed. I think a massive, you know, we've got the crowd behind us at the weekend, um, and 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 I would probably go with uh, Tom. I don't know whether you agree with this, but just off the back of what Richie just said, I would probably go with Fabinho, Thiago, and Arthur in the midfield because. You know, Elliot's someone you can bring on and Cavellio, someone you can bring on to, to inject speed later on in the game and change things around a little bit. But we need that stable three in the middle, don't we? Do we need that stability in midfield? And I think it won't be far away before things start clicking back. People start... Confidence is an amazing thing. You can lose it at the stupidest time. You can lose it when you're supposed to be on top of the world. And you can get it back when you're at the bottom of the battle. And 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 that's what we need to do at the moment. We just need to find a bit of confidence in ourselves and get that midfield three going. Could be a different story, Tom. Yeah, I think that the three you said you picked out there, I think that could be a good option to go for. I think Thiago is pretty much nailed on to start because, like you said, he's just someone Klopp would want back in the team as soon as possible. Really, uh, probably the right decision not to start him from the off yesterday. Um, so, but yeah, you would imagine he comes straight back into the team on, on Saturday against Wolves. And then Fabinho, again, another player that will, you know, you would imagine will be starting next to him. And then it's just that third spot, um, like you said, unless he decides to completely change things up and, and go for a different formation uh, against Wolves. But yeah, I think maybe leaving Elliot out of this one might be the right way to go with it. Maybe Artur could be a bit more stability in midfield. Maybe he might put James Milner in there with him, but he also had a bit of a tough night uh, against Napoli. So maybe just give him a, a break, maybe bring him on later on in the game if he's needed. But I think the interesting one more than the midfield might be the attack and just in terms of, you know, who he starts because 
would does he drop Mo Salah or does he play him again? <clears throat> because he didn't play particularly well against Napoli. <clears throat> My voice is just completely gone. Just turn it to Barry Excuse White. Me. <laughs> It's broken, it's broken. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully I can fix my voice and Liverpool can fix the midfield. Um, but yeah, I would start with uh, Salah. I don't know whether he drops or not. I think it might be a bit of a, you know, a bit of send a statement out if he does decide to drop Salah. Uh, maybe, you know, keep him on his toes, take him out of the team for a game. Jota I'd like to see come in. And Diaz is obviously one of the nailed on starters because he's been one of the few that has been you know, keeping the standards. So I'd like to see, you know, Diaz, Nunez, and then maybe Jota as well. I think, you know, just, just take some of these players out of the team. Just, you know, send out a message that they're not. I know Trent, you said he can't really replace them at the moment, but for some of the others that aren't performing, I think the only way you're going to get any kind of reaction is by actually saying you've not been up to scratch or you're coming out this week. So, yeah, I'd quite like to see that happen because otherwise I think I fear that there's just going to be a repeat of recent performance because there doesn't seem to be anyone sort of taking the initiative to try and change how things have been going. So if they just keep going with that same sort of team, you're just going to get the same result, it looks like, at the minute. So I'd be tempted to change quite a few of the players, make five or six changes, really. What would be your lineup then? And I'll pass it on to Richard and let's try and get us a lineup that you think is going to be, is going to try and turn things around. Um, I think obviously Alisson in goal. I might go for Simicast at left back. I think Joe Gomez obviously probably might get taken out of the team after that performance. Probably bring Matip alongside Van Dyke. Trent is going to be at right back. Um, as we've alluded to already. Midfield, Artur, Thiago, Fabinho. And then I think an attack, like I was saying, I'd probably go for Diaz, Nunez and Jota as the three up front. Um, and then you've got the likes of Firmino and Salah to bring on off the bench if you need them. Um, and Milner as well, obviously, could be brought on later on in the game. But yeah, I think I'd, I'd go for that. Okay, Richard, any advance on that? Any any different opinions than that? Um, well, first thing I'd just say just before I go into that team for May is we haven't really um, touched on the elephant in the room yet, which is um, Darwin Nunes, who cost £65 million. And, and isn't an automatic first-choice start up front. And, you know, the fact that he occasionally looks like he's trapping a ball like a baby elephant uh, may be a contributing factor to that. He, he's, he has not hit the ground running, and that is a little bit of a concern for me. It could be that the way we're playing just isn't playing to his strengths at all. Uh, and we're yet to see the best of him because we, we, we haven't figured out how we should be utilising uh, this tall striker who's uh, good in the box and can run in channels and whatnot, and, and I don't know. So I don't want to uh, don't be too hard on him, even though I've just criticised his ability to trap a football. But um, <laughs> I, that, that is something we need to be thinking about if, if we're going to be scoring goals. Diaz has been incredible. I'm really happy with him. Uh, he's got a great attitude as well, Diaz, which um, which never dropped, it never wavered at any point last night. Um, but we need, you know, Nunes missed three games suspended. We need to see what he can do now. Um, and if you invest money in that, then it doesn't make sense to keep him on the bench uh, for any given period of time. Because if you're building a team uh, and you've spent that money, why isn't it including Darwin Nunes? 
And the only reason for that um, you can possibly come up with, if you don't, is that you actually don't think he's good enough. So on that basis, uh, Alisson in goal, Trent are right back because there are no other options. <laughs> um, Matip, um, who I think is the natural partner for Virgil van Dijk, uh, Virgil van Dijk uh, back in the middle. I'll stick with Robbo at left back, just. Uh, and I think I think he's got to put a good performance in to, to re-cement his place because he is under threat from Simicas. Um Midfield, we pretty much already discussed, haven't we, Fabino, Fabino, Artur, Thiago. And then I'm going to keep Salah in, although, although I was very tempted to take him out, purely because I'm looking at the other options, Firmino, Jota. I like Jota down the middle. Um, I don't really see Jota on, on that right-hand side where Salah plays. So a bit like Trent, I suppose Salah keeps his place because uh, I'm not all, I'm not entirely convinced there's a, a viable alternative. So Diaz and Salah on on either respective flank and Darwin Nunes through the middle. Uh, let's see what he can do, and hopefully it is something. Yeah, I'm, I, I think I'm with you on that. I think Salah will start. Whether or not he finished the game is a different matter, but I think he will definitely start. The Nunes situation, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right to, to 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 point that out, Richard. The only thing I'd say is that I I feel that you went on to explain where I was going to go with it. I don't think he's had an opportunity to play in the Liverpool side that gets him yet because the Liverpool side have been paddling like like ducks on acid um, to try and to try and get through games. And I don't know whether you know the the, the slick passing. We're confident enough to do that. I think he's going to get with Thiago in this side. I think he's going to get more opportunities. And balls slipped in and balls dinked over the top that he can go on. The one thing, when I see players like that and not quite working for them, every now and again they'll show a little glimpse of something and he go, oh, well, And in the derby, when he, when he, a ball come right over the top, he chested it down and then hit it first time with the right foot at a really acute angle and only a worldy save by the Al Tyrannosaur. Um, he got his arms higher than he ever has in his life, tipping over the bar or tipping onto the bar. That was a goal of the season contender. And there was nothing that Nunes did wrong. It was just a world-class goal, but it was a beautiful first time off the chest and then right foot strike. Ala Torres back in the old days. And I saw that and I thought, you know what? This kid has definitely got ability. We just have to find it. We just have to, first and foremost, I think what you said, Rich, we have to steady the ship first. We have to be a Liverpool team that knows it's confident in its back and it's confident in its middle. And then I think those passes... We have they have missed chances. There's no doubt about that. But but the amount of chances that the, the attackers in, in Liverpool have been getting given um, are scant in in, pre, in previous than in previous seasons. But let's 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 end it on an optimistic note, then, mate. I I think I honestly believe that with a, with a, with a stable midfield that has been that has been the glue that's been been holding every, it holds every football team together. Let's be honest. Um, and let's hope that Thiago, Fabinho find that stability. Arte, or maybe the, the three of them can find the stability. And then we can use players off them. Give us a result for uh, for the weekend against Wolves. Tom first, then I'll go to Rich. I'm quite tempted to go for uh, nil-nil, actually. But I might just go for 1-0 to Liverpool. I don't think there's going to be a lot in it. And like I said, I think Wolves would be quite difficult to break down. So I'd have to say 1-0. Okay, one nil, Rich. Um, we're struggling to keep clean sheets. If we don't sort the midfield issue out, they're quite capable. They've got some players there who are capable of taking a pop shot from distance, and we've already seen them score goals like that. Um, so 
I haven't said nil nil for the last one and us conceding four. It's very hard uh, for me to again go with uh, a clean sheet, even though I would crave one. So, well, I'll, I'll stay positive because that was the remit. Uh, and I, I will go for a narrow 2 1 victory to Liverpool. Yeah, I'm going 3 1, even more optimistic, uh, just because I've got to, otherwise, I won't get out of bed. Um, <laughs> listen, listen, lads, thanks once again, Richard, for as I say, it's one of these things, isn't it? Where you get stick for saying bad things, you get stick for saying good things because you, you're papering over the cracks. We've got to tell it how it is, I think we've been. And we certainly started off giving the autopsy. We gave, we gave the results and then we brought it back to life a little bit, I thought. It was like Quincy, like an episode of Quincy. Uh, Rich, thanks you very much, my friend, uh, at Garnster, if you want to speak to Richard as well. Only nice things, obviously. And Tom Cavilla as well, at Tom Cavilla. Thanks very much, boys, and I'll speak to you soon. Cheers, Fitzy. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Well, that's it. That's it. All we can do is highlight what we think is going wrong. If you see a player... Who is trudging up and down the pitch? We have to say it. We have to say it because because we're all thinking it. So in these podcasts, we get a chance to to say what a lot of you are thinking. You might not agree, but it's certainly our opinions. And let's uh, and and the second half, I think we 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 went pretty positive. You've got to. I think we are a couple of players um, finding form away from this Swiss watch working again because it's a finely tuned watch and there's a couple of cogs been missing. Get them back in, and I think we are firing firing again. Takes two or three victories and we're back on the road. And uh, as Richard said earlier on, we're out of nothing yet. Uh, you know, we've got a trophy already and uh, we just need to find ourselves again. And if there's any man that can do that, it is Jürgen Klopp. Stick with us uh, for our next Poetry in Motion. Keep supporting the Reds. Keep behind them. I know you will. You always do. Uh, it's a minor blip in the road. Uh, but we walk on, don't we? And um, we'll see you all again on the next Poetry in Motion. You've been listening to the Poetry in Motion podcast on the Blood Red channel.